Welcome, listeners. Today's 90-minute podcast is chock full of David's theories. As the experienced wizard he is, he explains wand lore, including the concept of attunement. He also comments on goblin stereotypes, questions the relevance of ghosts, quote, chilling at Hogwarts, and presents his Voldemort and Harry are one in the same theory. All while forgetting the name of the book and what could possibly be in the grubby little package. Oh, and apparently Scabbers becomes a human at some point? Stay tuned for today's Weasley's Wizarding Twin Cast. Brother, I think I'm like the most hyped for this because of all the buildup. Yeah, it was a, like it was a lot of buildup, but it's still building. This, <laughs> like, these three chapters are fire. Like, the, I mean, they're pretty good. <laughs> if you weren't excited before, these three really get you like, okay, we're in Diagon Alley now. We're at Hogwarts now and we're meeting people. Left and right, left and right. A lot of familiar names. Okay. I highlighted them all. (laughs) All of them. (laughs) I did. Well, I have my Kindle here, and you listen to the audiobook, but I like to do audiobook, read, audiobook. Yeah. Well, I usually just do audiobook, read, but because it's been a month, I did them all. Wow. Okay. So I, you can highlight on Kindle, and... um. I had, I was like, oh, I'm going to highlight every time we get a new character and the train scene where they get on the train Mm -hmm. was like crazy. I had like 10, there's 10 new characters all of a sudden. It's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, yeah. Like I said, a lot of familiar names. So I don't know. It felt, it felt like I knew a lot more of like kind of what was going on in that chapter. I mean, it's kind of been that way the whole time though. Like I've known it feels how familiar. everything gets set up, but I will yeah. say yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Okay. <laughs> Cause yeah. Cause here's the thing. Who do we get importantly for the Weasley's wizarding twin cast is who Dave, who do we get? I mean, we get Ron, but we, get- we also get his, he, I think he said he had five brothers or five. He siblings? does have five brothers, but five importantly brothers. he has. He has twin brothers. Twin brothers. He does. <laughs> me, and Ron, me and Ron have this in common. You know what's okay. funny is I actually I actually didn't really put that together. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think I. I don't think I knew he had twin bro. Like maybe it rings a bit of a bell, but yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I think that's funny. Yeah. You didn't know what? Ron and, or no Fred and George were twins. I think I remember it from like when I was a kid and seeing the movie and I'm like, oh, I'm a twin. Yes. But, and like, they have like very what, gimmicky twin things they do, which I'm excited for your take on now for the rest of the series. That's true. This might transition from a Harry Potter podcast into a twin psychology <laughs> Life podcast. As a- <laughs> Life as a twin. Yes. Am I Fred yeah. or am I George? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like big uh, Harry Potter fan debate is is what school do I belong in? Yeah. Me and Dan can just be, am I Fred or am I George? And that's Yeah, could, you, you have know, a whole different quiz. We could, we pod- could open up a subreddit literally devoted <laughs> to just- R slash Fred and George. Yeah. <laughs> it's just twins exclusive. Because the rest of us can't take the quiz. You know, it's a very oh, exclusive yeah. type of situation. So yeah. uh, I was particularly drawn to, I'm going out of order because I'm so excited but I'm particularly drawn to the scene where they were like, <laughs> they were like, mom, I can't believe you called me George. You don't even know your own son's name. And then later he was like, just kidding. I am George. 
Yeah. <laughs> I I related very heavily to that. Because <laughs> I think guys, we've used that before. Have you? Because I've always been like, yeah. Dave and Daniel aren't like super into being twins. Like you're best friends, but you're not like, oh my God, like we're going to we, do all the twin gimmicks. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is like, if we were, if we were like being yelled at or something by mom, <laughs> then it was like the perfect opportunity to be like, oh, you don't even know which one I am. So like your point <laughs> is invalid. Yeah. We it's were like jerks. so cruel too. Yeah. You're in trouble and you'd probably deserve to be being yelled at in the moment, but you're like, I'm going to use this to turn the tables and make you feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I mean, not even true. No. And frankly, like, I mean, she, she would replace our names with dogs names too like, well that's the new bunker thing. i mean dan i mean david okay i do <laughs> i do this with yeah. Stephen and mason mason's you the do dog it when you're, you do it when you're telling stories about Stephen or mason <laughs> they're not even around and i yeah. do it yeah. well it's like you know i have love for both and both of them have times where they do funny things yep um yeah so that's going to be a like a special take that you and Daniel can provide about every time these two characters on screen, which again, I don't think you do the thing where you both say the same phrase at the same time. Right. With the same cadence, but Fred and George do do that. Okay. They do. They do. They're probably a bit quirkier Mm. for being twins than we are like, you know, as a twin, as a twin Mm -hmm. unit, you know? Maybe it's something to do with having several brothers who are not your twin brother. That could be it too. You know, because in our case, it was like Anna and me versus you two. Yeah. But Anna and I weren't as, I I would say Anna and my weakness as a team unit was that we weren't as loyal to each other (laughs) as you and Daniel were. Yeah. I think, yeah, just being a twin, like that's, it's interesting because like our relationship we've never been like oh like that's my twin brother but we have like shared the same desire to be treated as an individual and we could talk about that that's hours i mean i know that's true actually this is like opening a whole can of worms um just as a side note i want you to know that you came up in conversation with my students the other day when we were talking about uh meiosis (laughs) oh okay I was like doing a tutor thing and we were talking about like, uh, you know, ad- having identical DNA right. is literally identical twins. Yep. However, that does not make the identical human being. Right. Anyway, so Harry Potter. Harry Potter. So last time we saw Harry, he was being confronted with a lot of realities about his life and his past that were previously unknown to him. Yep. In particular, his parents were not killed in a car crash. They were killed by he who must not be named. Yep. So Voldemort murdered Harry's parents, and yep. he's a wizard. And he's invited to go to school at the wizard school, Hogwarts. Yeah. So remind me, Hagrid did tell him that he also tried to murder Harry, right? Yes. So Harry is also That's how aware. he got that scar. Yeah, that scar. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. because. What I thought was interesting, and I'll jump, I'm just going to jump ahead to a scene jump around. that, you know, is pertaining to the discussion here. Um, when, when he was in like the, the dining hall with all the other students, I think he said, I think he leaned over to like Ron and said, said Voldemort. Yeah. And Ron was like, what? I think it was on the train. Was it on the train? Okay. 
but he yeah. still he was like you know in yes. very much in public and ron was like what are you doing like why would you still say his name which i i thought was interesting because i'm like harry also knows because hagrid told him that he tried to voldemort tried to kill him mm-hmm. too so mm-hmm. you'd think that that would make him a little more scared you know of using his name or whatever but maybe maybe it's too dissociated because he doesn't remember anything and and hasn't learned anything and maybe mm-hmm. that's why he's not scared or could be something else like i'm not sure but yeah he felt yeah that's a good point like is it just so as harry who didn't even know this world existed till you know it was like a couple weeks or whatever maybe it's so outlandish yeah that this is a thing that happened that he's just like i can't even conceptualize what it means that a dark wizard was hunting me yeah because to even be afraid because one thing is all the other students i mean right away you hear about oh there's different wizards in the family and it's a family full of wizards Mm. and you know my parents would talk about wizardry all the time and magic and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and for harry he was so sheltered that he didn't hear any of that so he probably just doesn't this this is the side i'm leaning towards he probably just Mm -hmm. doesn't have a perspective for for like you said getting hunted by some ultimately powerful like dark wizard he probably just doesn't yeah like in that situation which takes precedence like your excitement or your fear right yeah so i think that i I just think that's probably what he's experiencing and why he's like yeah more more unsure than anything about using the name because he's like he can't even conceptualize the amount of power that this guy Mm -hmm. might have whereas other people have probably you know, growing, grown up hearing stories. I mean, obviously, because they're familiar with Harry Potter's name, the family name mm-hmm. and everything, right? So everybody else, mm-hmm. even the kids, you know, have probably heard stories and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, that's spooky. Like, we don't, we don't talk about that. And he's like, ah, I don't really know what this does mean. So I'll, I'll talk about it. Yeah. I just looked up the passage you're referring to yeah. and it's Ron gasped, you know, and Harry says, what? And he's like, you said, you know, whose name? sounding both shocked and impressed i'd have thought you of all people and harry said i'm not trying to be brave or anything saying the name i just never knew you shouldn't see what i mean i've got loads to learn Mm -hmm. and then he said i bet i bet i'm the worst in the class and ron (laughs) this is so sweet he says you won't be there's loads of people who come from muggle families and they learn quick enough and then they carry on and it's just like this very sweet moment with these two new friends Harry's trying to be like my perspective in his like 11 year old way. Mm-hmm. I've just never know. Like, I don't even know enough to know that I shouldn't say this. Right. And Ron's like, you're going to be fine. So genuine. I feel like our relationship to this story and this p- part of it is like having moved as children, had to make new friends. You mm-hmm. know, Harry had no friends ever. It sounds like. But make that idea of making new friends, just really having someone who's there for you to be like, you're going to be fine. Yeah. It's no big deal. Especially after he's hearing a lot of really, like you said about the whole wizarding family thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's like in his head that he might not be as good of a wizard because he's not from yeah the right type of people. Yeah. There's another passage that reflects that too, when he's about to get so get selected or uh sorted mm. by the by the mm-hmm. what, is it just called the sorting hat yeah 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 he's about to get <laughs> sorted and he's like having these thoughts he's like what if what if i don't even get picked like what <laughs> yeah like, oh my gosh okay <laughs> i highlighted that this is one of the f- things i go back to 
here we go. A horrible thought struck Harry as horrible thoughts always do when you're very nervous. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I feel that in my soul. Imposter syndrome. Uh... Yes, as soon as you're nervous and it's what if he wasn't chosen at all? Yeah. What if he just sat there with the hat over his eyes for ages until P- Professor McGonagall jerked it off his head and said there had obviously been a mistake and he'd better get back on the train. When you're really nervous about something that it's totally relatable. Yeah. But it's, you don't even know enough to know that it's irrational. Like he hasn't been told that people just get like unsorted. Yeah. You don't feel like you belong. You don't really understand what's happening. And of course you're going to be nervous that you just don't belong at all. And there's uh, to go back to what you were saying about Ron and the reassurance, like he had, he had never had anybody in his life up until pretty much that point that has told him like, Hey, you're here for a reason, (laughs) you know, you're, you're in a good place. Everything's going to be okay. Like Nobody had ever, he, his parents died. Like he didn't have any parent mm-hmm. figures really at mm-hmm. all because his aunt and uncle were jerks. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's very, very justified to have that kind of uh, frame, frame of mind, you know? Mm-hmm. And then for Ron, being a kid from a wizarding family, which, where he says, are all your family wizards, asked Harry, who found Ron just as interesting as Ron found him, uh-huh. which I also find super endearing. For Ron, he's like, I'm meeting the celebrity. And for Harry, he's like, I'm meeting a person from this world. Yeah. And so for Ron to have had basically this family, I don't know, privilege, like, he, you know, he's from one of the, the wizarding families, like Draco said. Yeah. And for him to reassure Harry that, like, nah, I don't care about that sort of thing. You're going to be fine. Yeah goes a long way and harry shows very early in the story how how loyal his character is right yeah he's very quick to be like well i can tell the right sort for myself when he confronts draco ron was nice to me once he was the first person in my life to be a friend and so now i'm like never leaving his side you know yeah. <laughs> so far he's the only thing i've been able to trust in a while so we'll, we'll stick yeah. with that <laughs> Yeah, and Draco tries to smack talk Hagrid, and Harry's like, uh-uh, you don't come for my guy Hagrid. Yeah. He took me to Diagon Alley. <laughs> Granted, he didn't tell me how to get on the train, <laughs> but he, I just think that's so sweet that he's just like, nope, these are the first people who are there for me. So they can do no wrong from here on out. Yep. So let's rewind. Let's try to go in some sort of order here. Um, chapter five was all about like Harry's introduction to the world. He goes to Diagon Alley with Hagrid. And like for the first time experiences what it's like to be part of this now. We go to this bar and he's pretty sure him and Hagrid are the only ones who can see it. Okay, well, first of all, we touched base already about Hedwig delivering mail and wanting to get paid. So I did look this up. (laughs) This is one of the texts we exchanged to. Yes, you were looking for like an exchange rate. (laughs) Yes, I I was. The owl fluttered to the floor and it began to attack Hagrid's coat. And then. Harry's like, what's going on? And Hagrid's like, you have to pay him. <laughs> he's like, what? And he's like, give him five canuts. And he's like, which, what are you talking about? So I looked this up. Five little canuts is about the same. The exchange rate they think is about 10 cents in American cents. Okay. So a screaming deal, considering that this owl is going direct to consumer. That, like, this that's is, pretty cheap for postage, just in general. Yeah, I'm like... I mean, right now I pay for 50 cents and it's like part of a, you have to deliver several letters, yeah, you know, yeah. but this is direct. This was one owl to one recipient. Yeah. So that's a pretty good deal. I would say I, mean, I, would, I would give him five canuts. Yeah. He wasn't going to leave without it either. He was, uh, Harry, Harry was like, get, like, get out of here owl and wake up Hagrid. And then the owl like 
I don't know if it pecked at him or it just like was like, yeah, no, I need to get paid, son. Like, <laughs> you know, going right is five connects. Yep. So then Hagrid's like, great, we're going to go buy your school supplies. And Harry's like, well, that's tough because I don't have any money. <laughs> I, the scene of this always surprised me, like returning to this being like, oh, Hagrid just slumber parties it in this hut with the Dursleys and Harry. He totally does. <laughs> oh man that was a lot of stuff to reveal to you harry and then they all fall asleep <laughs> yeah um but yeah they eventually do establish that don't worry harry you actually are rich because life insurance slash you know a will is that is that more is that kind of like where the money came from because i'd assume did they say I anything more than his parents money. left him some money because they also said that the and this is skipping forward a little bit but they said that the package that the money was left in was kind of like grubby, wasn't it? Okay, so they went to two vaults. I, I, I think I'm forgetting the first one. Okay, put a pin in that for a second. Okay. They went to Gringotts, the Wizard's Bank. Yep. And then Hagrid says he's got to go there anyway on Hogwarts business. Right? He's like, I, ooh, he's all like proud of himself. Dumbledore asked me to do him a favor. Go to Gringotts? Mm-hmm. He said he usually gets me to do important stuff for him, fetching you, getting things from Gringotts, knows he can trust me, you see. Yes. So he's setting the stage for like, we're going to Gringotts for a couple reasons. One, you got to go to Gringotts. Two, I got to go to Gringotts because right. Dumbledore asked me to do Okay. Two, two owls, one stone. <laughs> so then Hagrid and, the, and Harry get in the boat. They try to paddle. Hagrid gets very quickly frustrated with the idea of manually paddling a boat. And he pulls out the pink umbrella again, tapped it twice on the side of the boat, and they sped off toward land. Not supposed to use magic outside of... Uh, I um, know. Which we learn later, but... Uh-huh. The wand maker calls him out. Did he? Well, he was like, well, obviously, Hagrid, that wand I sold you is no longer being used because oh. it surely was snapped when you were expelled. And Hagrid's like, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> For sure, that's what happened. <laughs> While they're rowing, Hagrid kind of describes Gringotts. He says, high security vaults, hundreds of miles under London. You die of hunger trying to get out, out if you tried to break in. They say there's dragons guarding the vaults. Oh, no, Hagrid does read the newspaper on the boat. And that's where he introduces that the Ministry of Magic is a thing. Um, like the muggles are aware of hmm. magic. Well, they're, the Ministry of Magic is responsible for making sure muggles aren't aware of magic oh i don't know i feel like i'm remembering more details from because we did do three chapters our longest yet so i don't know i feel like as i was reading through the second and third ones mm -hmm. like i mean now that we're talking about it i'm trying to draw correlations between what i heard in those chapters and what happened in these ones harry asked what the ministry of magic does this is our little like what's the deal like how do muggles not know about magic and what's going on here mm -hmm. and he says well their main job is to keep it from the muggles and harry says why and he says why blimey harry everyone would be wanting magic solutions to their problems nah we're best left alone i do remember that you know what you know what that was i was uh i listened to that chapter of the audiobook in the car mm -hmm. so mm. i don't maybe maybe i was merging or something and yeah. like a big turn yeah. coming up <laughs> yeah and then he goes on to make fun of parking meters <laughs> <laughs> and 
at one point he needs Harry to handle the muggle money, which is also funny because as someone who's experienced handling foreign currency, it's really just numbers. You're still just matching that price to the numbers of the bills that you have in your hand, you know? (laughs) But then they review like, okay, this is what we need to buy. We got plain work robes, pointed hat. So make sure Uh, you get your pointed hat. Yeah, I just like that little, we're going to be a little stereotypical about wizards, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're going to have a point. When they hat. went and described uh, the sorting hat too, they made sure to make a point that it was pointy. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. You know? Yeah, bought into the wizard and witch thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was just like, oh, does it have stars on it too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Winter cloak, uh, you know, England is cold, so. Yeah, in the winter club. And then we got some books. I don't know if you picked up on one of the books that Harry has to buy is Fantastic Beats and Where to Find Them. Yes. By Newt Scamander. It is. It becomes a whole series on its own. Wait, what? Yeah, there's like movies called this now. Oh, yeah, there are. Fantastic. I like that you didn't know that. I like that for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Fan- that. What is it called? Fantastic Beasts and. Where to find and them. Where to find them. There is like a movie series or something. There's like three. <laughs> is is it like, like a, a, so it is like a Harry Potter it's related based thing. on this world, but it's like, you know, people were like, oh, we want more Harry Potter. And they were like, well, we're not going to do Harry Potter, but we're going to do Newt Scamander. Yeah. And so it's a series of movies that are like housed in the world. They do have some crossover characters though. Like it kind of goes back in time. Cause obviously if this is a book Harry is buying, then it, must have already happened. Yeah, it already happened. So they have they had a little Dumbledore moment in there. Sort of. Yeah, they cover some of the like history. Sort of Hobbit esque then for the. Yeah, Lord yeah, of the exactly. Yeah. The Hobbit, I think, is a more defined prequel to the Lord of the Rings yes, series. Yeah, I think from the original story. So I just thought that was a fun, like, of this big long list. Yeah. You know, you got history of magic, beginner's guide to transfiguration, yep. magical herbs and fungi. By Felita Spore. Like she's just funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did Spore. notice some of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, you had a wand, a cauldron, an owl, or a cat, or a toad. Mm-hmm. And then we get we get introduced to our first magical um space, the leaky cauldron. That's the that's the little tavern kind of thing with all the, the yeah. old people. And they recognized them. So even yes. I mean, we had seen people. I guess, you know, in, in like the first chapter, I think it was, and people like bowed mm-hmm. to him or like looked at yeah. him funny and stuff. Those were seemingly like in the muggle world, but now we've got like a strictly magic yeah. place and we're still seeing people recognizing Harry Potter. He's super, super <laughs> famous. And at one point he recognized them back. He goes, oh, I've seen you before. You bowed to me once in a shot. Yeah. And Daedalus Diggles, like, oh my God, he remembers me. Yeah, yeah, that nerdy guy. Yeah. I love that those things tie together just chapters apart. I just think it's cute. Yeah. Um, we also meet Professor Quirrell is in the tavern. Um, the tavern owner is described as a toothless walnut. Funny that the professor is uh, hanging out at, a, at this tavern when school is not in session. Yeah, he's like, uh, I gotta get a drink. Like, this is about to start again. I'm not ready. Typical teacher things, you know. I'm like, I've got, I've got a few friends that are teachers, and it's like, yep, that's that's accurate. <laughs> I'm not ready to face. I'm teaching a bunch I of eleven year olds. Time this summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he teaches defense against the 
defense against the dark. Okay, is that that's Quirrell that stutters? Yeah. Okay, because the the yeah. guy in the audiobook does <laughs> he does a pretty good job at that. He does. He's very he's tight. Yeah. The guy the reader mm-hmm. he's a good does a good job. Good. We got Doris Crockford shook Harry's hand again once when he came in, and then he was like, oh, "Okay, before you go, like people are all over Harry, yeah. you know." And Harry Hagrid's all like, "I told you you were famous. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't this funny?" Hagrid's a little bit. You, like you can imagine Hagrid's yeah I'm with Harry <laughs> yeah just on business for Dumbledore yep I'm not important it's fine <laughs> so we so we tap the bricks and we enter Diagon Alley and I love the way that they describe Harry wished he had about eight more eyes having recently been to a new place where I've been trying to soak it all in all the sites mm-hmm. I, I love that description of just yeah this is so cool they're like walking through it too you know so they're mm-hmm. not it's not like they're sitting down and he's 11 years old or whatever so yeah Hagrid's probably walking fast he's huge mm-hmm. so he's let's go Harry like leading him along and Harry's probably like running trying Gotta to go. like you're seeing a cauldron shot for the first time yeah uh, it's just wild. It's like going to Vegas for the first time. You're like, what yes, is this Yes, it's exactly place? like going. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, I can't take it all yeah. in at the same pace that I'm even walking. <laughs> it's exactly right. So Harry's in Vegas and they're going to Gringotts first. And this is where they meet the goblins. Enter stranger, but take heed of what awaits the sin of greed. For those who take but do not earn must pay most dearly in their turn. So if you seek beneath their floors a treasure that was never yours, thief, you have been warned, beware of finding more than treasure there. And this is Gringotts. Mm -hmm. This is where Hagrid was sent by Dumbledore on Hogwarts business. So proud because he trusts Hagrid. Now, I didn't. I didn't really pay attention to that that much the first time around, but because of the three chapters I read or listened mm-hmm. to rather, there was mention, I think in chapter seven of somebody breaking into uh, one, of, mm-hmm. one of these vaults, like these high security vaults. So they're probably talking about Gringotts and they're probably yes. sent Hagrid to go investigate that a little bit. So, mm. yeah, I don't. Well, Hagrid says you'd be mad to try and rob it. Yeah. So he brings, so they go to the desk and they meet the goblin and Harry's never seen a goblin before. <laughs> it's got to be quite the experience. Right. Uh, like big feet and stuff. They describe him. Um, and Hagrid goes, well, I've got a letter from Dumbledore. It's about the, you know, what in vault 713. And he says, very well, I will have someone take you down to both vaults. So that's how you know there's two vaults. And he calls for Grip Hook, which is the name of the goblin who takes him down. Great there. goblin name. Great goblin name. <laughs> right? Yep. Okay, what do, we, what do we know about goblins, Dave? What is your goblin, it's, experience it's, with a goblin? Yeah, it's very fitting that he's running a vault because okay. goblins are notoriously greedy. And they'll oh. pretty much put money in front of like anything they okay. uh, yeah they're 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 very um unloyal unless it comes to money so you can, they're, they're easily mm. bribed um yeah as far as like they're they're short ugly little you know green dudes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um this is from which game do you have kind of all of them yeah okay it's just a th- magic world thing yeah. Yeah. fantasy world thing. Yeah. 
Oh, they're very uh, in in World of Warcraft specifically. They're very techy. Like okay. they build things and and just kind of they, they don't really care how how the process of building the thing went. They just kind of craft stuff together and hope, cross their fingers and hope you know it, it works. So they're a little careless. But um, oh. yeah, it's that's that's how that's how goblins are from my experience. Okay, yeah. I love that overlap. I think that's such an interesting mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah, so we got the goblins. So here they are at the bank, being focused on the money, just like you said. And grip hook. And we got grip hook here, and Harry's all like, "What are we? What's in the vault?" Yeah. And Hagrid again is like, "I can't tell you. It's Dumbledore. He trusted me." We're like, "Dude, we get it. Okay." <laughs> Chill. big Dumbledore guy <laughs> <laughs> so they get in this little cart which I remember I think there's a putt-putt you know the computer game putt-putt the little purple car I feel like when I read this I thought of the scene that I think happens in putt-putt the computer you game. mean like from a like our childhood yes I'm not yeah. I'm not remembering when exactly. I was seven I played putt-putt goes to the zoo putt-putt does other things and I feel like there was a moment where you get in a little car and you go down like a maze of twisting passages. Oh my gosh. I, I just looked up images. I haven't seen this game <laughs> since I played it. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember like how the mechanics of the game Papa work. Puppa goes to the moon. Yeah. Puppa travels through time. Yeah. <laughs> what a crazy reference. I don't even know if I'm accurately remembering, but I just feel like I remember a scene of, it could just be the movie. I genuinely don't know but i can't help but think of putt-putt going on a roller coaster into the beyond Uh miles beneath london and that's what they seem to do and harry is just a nerd and he's trying to remember in case he has to get out (laughs) he's just making sure i mean he was probably primed a little bit by like all the statements about like if you go in and you steal things and you're never getting out and you know yeah harsh too yeah but but they did say they did say that the minecart, you know, it it appeared as if it was just kind of willy nilly taking turns, but it it was magically driven. Like it knew where it was going. It knew that's true yeah. because grip hook wasn't steering. That's a direct quote. Yeah. Upon reading this again, I paid more attention to how funny it is that they point out like stalactites and stalagmites. Yeah, and then Harry makes the same I- comment that literally <laughs> everybody has ever made. <laughs> If like, they've ever heard these words before, yeah. I, it is, it's so funny. <laughs> I don't know which one's which. That's you you and everybody in the world. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part is that, yeah, not only did he say, like, I don't know which one's which, Haggard was like, oh. No. Well, no, he says stalagmite's got an M in it. Like, he made a dad joke. He didn't answer. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought he did. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Haggard didn't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> um, so when we get to the vault, we get to the vault. Grip hook unlocks the door, and a lot of green smoke came billowing out. Harry gasps, and inside there are mounds of gold coins. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So then they go to the sec, the next vault, vault seven hundred thirteen. Now, please, they go even deeper. Blah blah blah, and that is where we see the grubby little package. Ah, that's right. Harry was sure, and he leaned forward eagerly, expecting to see fabulous jewels at the very least. But at first he thought it was empty. Then he noticed a grubby little package wrapped up in brown paper lying on the floor. Hagrid picked it up and tucked it into deep inside his coat. 
Harry longed to know what it was, but knew better than to ask. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, okay. I think I misunderstood that when I read it the first time or listened to it. I thought that little mm-hmm. package was for him. Mm. I knew I knew he got paid because he had to have the money to to buy his wand. And Hagrid later has to talk him out of buying like a gold cauldron because he's only supposed to have a pewter one. Yeah. God, I wonder what's in that package. Mm-hmm. And Harry asks how often that the goblins check to see if anyone's broken in. Ten years. And he says every ten. <laughs> All right. So then we leave we leave Gringotts and we get to go robe shopping. Well. Back up for a sec, because not only do you mm-hmm. got to wonder what's in the package, but if there was an mm-hmm. entire vault and the only thing in it was that little package, mm. was there stuff in it before? Mm. Or was it just this package? Mm. I'm just, I'm kind of just putting that out there on the table. I like it. Those are, those seem like good questions. Yep. TBD. TBD. Perhaps we'll learn. I'm hoping so. Because <laughs> they definitely reference it again in the next chapter. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. And we'll get there. So this is what we know has happened so far. Yep. But we don't get to know because Hagrid's been like, no, I don't say what Dumbledore asked me to do. Harry gets it. He knows even he doesn't even try to ask this time. So that's where we're at. Well, Hagrid doesn't feel so good after the roller coaster again. So he has to like take a break and he's all like, Go on, Harry, by yourself to the store. <laughs> is this the wand shop? This, no, it's the robe shop. Oh, robe shop, robe shop. Where he meets a boy with a pale pointed face. Oh, this is the um, uh, Dudley sounding fella. Yes, this <laughs> is who in chapter seven. It's a terrible impression, is... but it, what I thought was funny <laughs> is like the author and the audiobook totally uses like the same voice. <laughs> for him that he did for Dudley yeah he's like this is my stuck up voice yeah yeah only child kind of like Dudley <laughs> I'm just gonna beg my parents for yeah them to buy me a broom anyway my father's next door buying my books and mother's up the street looking at wands yeah in a bored drawling voice <laughs> then I'm gonna drag them off to look at racing brooms did we ever did we ever figure out which kid this is Yes, we figured out on the train. Is this Neville? Mm, no. This is Draco. Oh, this is. Because he's the one who says, um, oh, like, like, because they didn't exchange names here. Right, like, right. In the ro- rope shop. So he comes up after they're on the train. And he's like, I heard you're Harry Potter. You don't want to be hanging out with the wrong sort. Which is when we learn about Harry's allegiance to Ron. Right. And Harry's like, I can figure that out for myself. Which, like, good on Harry for having the confidence to stick up to a bully when he's been the victim of bullying his entire life. Yeah, courageous. Courage. Well, I guess like being bowed to, though he boosted his ego a little. But still, Draco's being a big bully here. Yeah. We learned some things about Draco. He wants to be on the Quidditch team. And he says, I'll be in Slytherin because all our family have been. And then he digs, he digs at Hufflepuff. He says, imagine being in Hufflepuff. I think I'd leave, wouldn't you? That's right. He does say that. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. As a Hufflepuff, I'm offended. Do you identify as a Hufflepuff? I identify as mixed. Thank you for asking. <laughs> um, 
I've taken the test three different times and I get put in a different house depending on my mood. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> but I have Hufflepuff qualities and I respect a Hufflepuff. I do feel like so shove it, Draco. From like hearing about, you know, b- big Harry Potter people, like they, uh, they definitely dig on Hufflepuff. But I also feel like okay. at the same time, what? I know a lot of people <laughs> that get Hufflepuff when they take those silly like Facebook quizzes and stuff. Yep. Yep. Well, Hufflepuff, we learned from the hat, the qualities of a Hufflepuff. Yeah. And it's like loyal and nice. Like what, where are we digging on these people? I don't know. You know, I don't know. It's just good people. Because, you know, you're in this story and it's like a, a hero sort of. Um, I know. Story. And so people, you know, they want to be. Well, well, because Draco says this later, Harry's kind of like, yeah, I hope I'm not in Hufflepuff. You know what I yeah. mean? He sets the tone. It's kind of like, ah, like Harry had no preconceived notions until Hagrid came at him with like the, oh, yeah, no wizard's been bad. That's not been a Slytherin. And then Draco says, comes with the like Hufflepuff sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, okay, we're left with two. Ravenclaw Harry. is the fourth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. But his friend, he knows Ron, is from a family of Gryffindors. So he gets a little bit like, I kind of want to be Gryffindor. Yeah. Which is sweet. Coolest logo, if I remember correctly, too. Pretty cool. Isn't it, Pretty isn't cool. it like a lion? It's like a lion. Yeah. 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 A griffin, if you will. Oh, yeah. A griffin is just like a flying <laughs> lion. I, sh- I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know this. That's I know. <laughs> it took me a second, too. It took me a second. Um, then he takes a dig at not only Hufflepuff, but Hagrid himself, like as a human. He's like, he's like a servant, isn't he? And Harry, is, he's a gameskeeper. And he said, I heard he's sort of a savage. And Harry says, I think he's brilliant. Living, he also added like, oh, he's a savage, like living in a hut outside the school grounds or something. Didn't he say that? Yeah, like, on the school grounds. And every now and then he gets drunk, tries to do mag- magic and ends up setting fire to his bed. <laughs> It's just hating just really digging hating. No yeah and and here Ugh. hagrid is escorting the greatest of all time supposedly you know yeah the go- yeah hagrid's and uh yeah. <laughs> hagrid's doing work right and now. also going to check out this uh this vault situation <sighs> malfoy you don't know anything about malfoy hagrid. doesn't know anything <laughs> it's because you think he's a savage that he's actually a good I wonder if, partner for dumbledore i wonder have. if uh malfoy's parents went to school at hogwarts with hagrid like you know, like oh, we know oh, at the same time. We know him back in high school, you know. Oh, you're right, because high school families do be like that, like <laughs> like Winona, like yeah. <laughs> like gives me such Winona vibes to be like, oh yeah, everyone's parents knew each other's parents yeah. growing up. Yeah. Oh, Dave, that's a good point. That's funny. <laughs> Just when you're like, okay. Draco tone it down he's like I really don't think they should let the other sort in they're just not the same they've never been brought up to know our ways and some of them have never even heard of Hogwarts until they get the letter imagine you're looking at him <laughs> yes and silver spoon but he does give Harry some things to think about so now Harry's anti Hufflepuff and he's like um Hagrid what's Quidditch <laughs> <laughs> he's like i feel like these are things i should know yeah and then he says some of the best i ever saw were the only ones with magic in him in a long line of muggles look at your mom (laughs) which is so sweet until he goes look what she had for a sister (laughs) (laughs) petunia was basically abusing a child so she deserves that but also hagrid (laughs) keep it like above water you know be the bigger man here (laughs) 
Hey, you know, he's he's saying speaking truths. That's true. Dropping some truth bombs, that's for sure. Yeah. And then and then Harry's like, um, what what's the deal with Hufflepuff? And Hagrid goes, everyone says Hufflepuff are a lot of duffers. Well, yeah, duffers. It's so mean. What and is Harry's what like, is uh well, I bet I'll be in Hufflepuff. It's so sad. What is the term duffer in like like is that a popular English term? I have no idea, but I know that there was this one podcast, Potterless, which that guy's pretty funny, but he had this phase where he thought like these, the names of treats and pastries were like made up for the wizard world. <laughs> and then he <laughs> would interview British people and they were like, nope, those are just like things we eat. <laughs> a funny word that's English or a funny word that's magic. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I need to start using the word duffer. I know, right? It's an opportunity for us, I think. <laughs> Okay, Hagrid reiterates that you shouldn't use magic in the muggle world except in very special circumstances. Like rowing boats because you're lazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Hagrid's like, all right, the last thing we need to get is the wand. The wand. The moment we've all been waiting for. The big moment. It's it, a big this moment is like, for a wizard. Like that's your that's that's your that's your wand. You're a wizard, and that's the one, mm-hmm. you know yeah it's more of a it's a bigger decision than getting your cell phone oh yeah you don't replace you a wand ideally right maybe you do i don't know and i mean he was talking about the the like he still remembers the wand that harry's mom got and the one that harry's mm-hmm. dad got and the one that he mm-hmm. accidentally sold to you know <laughs> the evilest wizard of all time that, that guy yeah but he did great things terrible but great so he when he said that he meant great as in powerful yeah impressive yeah but yeah very strong magic but he did in yes. fact use it poorly <laughs> yes exactly yeah like the intensity was high the directionality was yeah. in the wrong way yeah which yeah. is i mean it's good news for that wand because that means a Mm. wand that can help kind of be the catalyst for a wizard of great power can also Mm -hmm. help in in good ways like you if you if you have the Mm. capability to do great things for evil so you're saying the wand itself it's not just about the connection to the wizard but the wand (laughs) itself is like a more powerful wand than another wand could be yeah i mean in in other lore and stuff i mean you can definitely mm-hmm. have wands with different attributes and different statistics like um, okay i mean you can like in in our D campaign like i've got because i play a wizard so i've got a wand oh, that's yeah. got that. charges of a spell so you can like it's very specific to that spell you can still cast other spells out of it mm-hmm. um but that one's very specific to like it's mm. it's called um wand of magic missiles i think is what it is <laughs> and it's like it, you okay. can cast like a super good magic missiles spell by using like okay. a bunch of charges and then i have another wand because you know the, that mm-hmm. one sure. that one's pretty specific so i have another one back up um that is it's just called the wand of the war mage and it gives me a bonus to all spells that i cast 
So yeah, I mean, oh. in, in in that regard, like, you know, I've got two different wands that have two completely different capabilities. So I think there is some specificity to a wand. And then the other piece I picked up on is when he had mentioned that there was, uh, it's like the last feather of a phoenix and the last horn of a mm. unicorn or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, um, reagents, if you will, made up the like kind of the crafting material for the wand too. Yes. So, you know, there could be, that could have been some sacri, it could have alluded to some sacrificial element to that's the last feather. And I don't know anything about phoenixes, like as far as their last mm-hmm. feather, I know their, their plumes are definitely magical and stuff but um Mm -hmm. yeah there could be some sacrificial element to it that says like because this was the last of its kind it has even more enhanced power than one of its kind that was you know a a different feather and a different unicorn horn and whatever else so Mm. i do you know my my current position on the importance of a wand is that it does yeah it does matter It, it could matter Okay, I did just see this part where he's describing his dad's wand, and he's like, your father favored a mahogany wand, 11 inches pliable, a little more power, and excellent for transfiguration. There you go. But he said, well, I say your father favored it, but it's really the wand that chooses the wizard, of course. That's an interesting statement, too. So can I can I bring up another thing from like please, and please. there's a concept in in fantasy called attunement. Okay. And essentially you have to like not anybody can just pick up any wand mm. and and be proficient with it. There's there's an attunement process and usually it's like you got to spend time with it. Um, probably, you know, spending a couple of days practicing with it or something. Um, like you're, you're Mm -hmm. spending time with it. It's like learning how to drive essentially Mm -hmm. attuning to this magical thing. Right. So uh, in some Mm -hmm. cases it could be like an orb or something, but in this case, like it could be a wand too. So there is, there's Mm -hmm. also another element like of attunement where, yeah, you've got to, you've also got to like kind of become one with it. So like if, if if the wand isn't good for you maybe you can't attune to it or something you know so maybe that's what he yeah in, in just trying to draw you know some yeah relationships no, so here. like yeah that, that could be part of part of that kind of lore yeah well we see it play out a little bit because we get like he tries a few wands and it like doesn't react right mm-hmm. when he took the wand that ultimately is the one that chose him he said he, he felt a sudden warmth in his fingers. He raised the wand above his head, brought it swishing down through the dusty air in a stream of red and gold sparks shot from the end like fireworks. So that seems to be the intended result of like a cho- choosing. Yeah. And um, yeah, he says it's, it so happens that the phoenix whose tail feather is in your wand gave another feather, just one other. It is very curious indeed that you should be destined for this wand when its brother gave you that scar. Oh, I don't think I caught that part. <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm like making a case for like reading it. <laughs> yeah, I think I like are. the audiobook too. It's very entertaining, but you could, it's easier to go back when you're like, wait, what, what was that? 
so okay so the same phoenix that shed a, a feather for the one that harry chose mm-hmm. this, a, a feather from the same phoenix went to voldemort yep yeah so that so that phoenix only contributed to two wands creation gotcha i thought so their brother uh, yeah see wands. again good good case for reading mm-hmm. it but i had misheard it then and i thought it was the last like he got the wand with the last feather in it but i guess i mean technically mm-hmm. both i mean yeah yeah but i thought yeah i, I just thought the significance was different okay okay that's interesting um yeah so he that makes it quite a show of that and then he gets kind of like he's so confused right he's like now i thought i was gonna be a duffer and hufflepuff but now like this guy's saying <laughs> what a roller coaster he said this guy olivander's expecting great things but he said how can they expect great things i'm famous but i don't even know what i'm famous for like i can't remember it and Hagrid's is a nice thing here that i that i like that where he says i know it's hard you've been singled out and that's always hard yeah you know, on one hand, you're famous for something good, something a lot of people were very glad happened. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, it's bad in that your parents died. But yeah, it's it's just awkward anytime you're like put on a pedestal or just singled out for any reason. So one thing, uh, you know, in the in the back and forth and, and mainly the the fame part that I mm-hmm. have thought a little bit about that I can't really figure out and i don't know if i'm supposed to or not Mm -hmm. he's famous which means people know about did he do anything other than just survive like is there more to what happened that we don't know yet as readers and like and i don't know if you, you probably shouldn't answer this question but like everybody knows harry potter and is it just because he's the baby that didn't get killed by voldemort like that's the information that we have so that's far. the information that we have mm-hmm. i mean and when and then we witnessed as readers him go immediately via motorcycle to his aunt and uncle's house and we also witnessed the moment where he realized that's not his destiny to be there forever yeah you know yeah yeah true i mean i guess that's probably <laughs> probably what i mean we know about is why he's famous and what what his purpose is we know that voldemort's not been around yeah (laughs) so it's not just that he survived but that voldemort hasn't been murdering since right you know which makes people happy so it's kind of like those things coincided maybe he survived at the same time that this evil dictator um, disappeared disappeared right yeah. Which is back to my bold claim about, uh, oh, yeah, yeah how, how he could be <laughs> kind of a one in the same sort of deal, which would be, in, yeah, that'd be interesting. But yeah, we'll, I mean, it's we'll fabulous. Happens. We'll see what happens because, yes. <laughs> like, then everybody's like, oh, check out this Harry Potter guy, we're so stoked that he's here, and it's like actually low key, like, also mm-hmm. Voldemort or something. I don't know, <laughs> it'd be yeah. just pretty funny irony to like see in the in the first book <laughs> i love I, I love this uh it's fabulous yeah um so to wrap up this chapter hagrid is like well good time shopping here's your ticket for two weeks later or whatever <laughs> and then he just leaves <laughs> yeah 
because we later learned that Harry does not know enough about how to get on this train. Like Gosh. Hagrid almost did a great job, almost an A plus, yep. but just left him hanging. It's like, I'll figure it out. Yeah, which he does, but you know, a little close call. His, his aunt and uncle drop him off. They say, yeah. look, here's yep. nine and here's 10. Yep. Yep. See, idiot, there's no nine and three quarters. See, Peace out they and li- they leave. <laughs> they say, have a good term yeah. and they drive away. They leave. Which they really, did they really believe he wasn't going to get on that train? I'm so confused by them. Are you trying to abuse him or are you trying to keep him nearby so you can torture? Like, what are we doing here? Are you trying to abandon this child or not? And also, because you are sending mixed I don't know if messages. you thought about this too. He, he didn't come back. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't make it back home like to to that house so like what did they think happened to him did they get any sort of confirmation that he made it to hogwarts i don't know i mean they really were just like bye and then how many days does he have to be not home before they're like um okay we really hate this kid but we should report him missing they need to come up with five canuts and send an owl to see if he made send it an owl. that's true but I mean, I guess we know Petunia knows her sister went to the school. So she must like know that it's like, it's a really a place they can go yeah. and return from yeah. safely. And it is valid. It's not just a, yeah. It's still a child that you're leaving at a train station. That's, and that, uh, and that train sta- like, it's also a real train station too, which means there are other people right. there. <laughs> oh, they're terrible. This so is a bad. tough look for the Dursleys. Yeah. Um, so poor Harry. <laughs> just 11 and he's out of this train station which getting on a train when the train is visible is hard enough you know if you're 11 and you have a trunk and an owl cage oh, man yeah i mean i go i go to the light rail station here in denver like yeah. no few and far between every time i go i'm like which line do i get on <laughs> is, you're is like my the ticket sign good for this the... one did i buy the wrong yeah. ticket am i in region one <laughs> uh screw it i'll just uber <laughs> oh exactly um and he asked someone for help and they just like they were just like get out of here kid i'm on a dumb I kid a train to catch because i don't know what the hell i'm doing either <laughs> yes and so he here he overhears the word muggles and he's kind of like perks up like oh that's the thing wizards say mm-hmm. so he looks around and they're telling she's telling Ginny to be quiet she's not old enough to go yet says percy go ahead and he sees basically watches a human disappear which is fun and then we we are introduced to fred and george she says fred go ahead he said i'm not fred i'm george (laughs) you call yourself our mother can't you tell i'm george oh sorry george and he says only joking i'm fred (laughs) jerk the old uno reverse the classic like mom is stressed so now is a funny time to make her life more difficult yeah and so harry approaches her and is like i don't i don't know what's going on and she's you don't know how to get on the platform not to worry all you have to do is walk straight at the barrier (laughs) she's like don't be scared you're gonna crash that's important very Um, uh very cool kind of philosophical moment though yes like because he was super afraid he was gonna crash though yeah so it can't be that important, but I like the idea of if it were that important. Yeah, I, I can't remember. In the movie, does he crash? Somebody crashes um, into the wall in the movie, I think. I think he does. 
I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> um, it's yeah, there's we're going to be back here at the King's Cross station. I'll just you okay. know, say that. Okay. Um, yeah. So then Harry does run super afraid that he's going to crash, but then he doesn't crash. So non-issue philosophically not important but the but the the phrase that what's her name uses i don't know does she have a name she's like yeah you have to not be scared of it you have to just oh molly that you're gonna go into this wall yeah i think that's yep. that's cool like you you have to just trust that it's going to work and then it will it is deep it's pretty deep if you trust that your like your actions are taking you to where you want to go you'll get there because duh like you're yeah. you're going to okay. do the thing that's required to get there because you trust that if you do those things you will get there and it's like mm-hmm. it's like a it's like faith you know oh yeah i mean like it is that, so no, I think yeah, it's like cool. that's the definition of faith yeah, yeah. i like that uh, JK is not afraid of some um, religious undertones of some of her ideas. Yeah, which so. kind of makes sense when you're talking about like multidimensional worlds and stuff too. So, yeah, right. I mean, there's a there's an aspect of like the the things we cannot understand as yeah. simple beings. Yeah. You know, really um, cool that though. bring these things together. Yeah. Um, we get another new character here. Harry, when he's on the other side, he hears someone complaining about losing their toad. That's that's uh, that's Neville, isn't it? That's Neville. Yeah, yeah, because homeboy, homeboy Neville has arrived. Keeps misplacing the toad. Yeah, it's like, Unc, did you lose the toad and find him and lose him again on the train, or is it still lost and you just think he might be on the train? Because I'd be worried he's just not on the train. But (laughs) now you don't have your toad and you're headed to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we meet lee a boy with dreadlocks surrounded by a small crowd mm-hmm. we get ron ron yep yep we get ron we get the twins learning that harry is harry yep they handle it pretty well <laughs> we learn about percy the older brother percy the prefect he's a weasley mm-hmm. he's the older He's older than Fred and George, older than Ron. Is he the eldest? No, we learn about the older brothers um, in a couple pages here, but he's older. He's the oldest student. He's the oldest current student at Hogwarts. And a prefect is an English thing. (laughs) And it's just like a student who's in charge of other students. Prefect? That's like a title? Yeah. Okay. He, because he was nominated prefect, his parents bought him an owl. Oh, okay. We just get a lot of introductions here. Ginny really wants to go to Hogwarts. She's not ready yet. She's too young. So bye, Ginny. And then Ron kind of is like, well, I'm the last person on the train because I come from this disorganized family with lots of kids, which you and I can relate to. And (laughs) we're the last ones here. So we actually don't have a seat yet. So he tries to come in and join Harry. And that's where we get some of these sweet exchanges about who they're interested in each other. They get along. The Weasleys were clearly one of those old wizarding families. The pale boy in Diagon Alley had talked about. That pale boy. He's his oldest brothers, his eldest brothers, Bill and Charlie were, uh, Bill was head boy. Charlie was captain of Quidditch. Now Percy's a prefect and Fred and George mess around a lot. 
and everyone thinks they're really funny. <laughs> he says, <laughs> he says, everyone expects me to do as well as the others, but if I do, it's no big deal because they did it first. Mm. What a Pulls guy. My heartstrings. What a guy. And then he said, I always get hand-me-downs, including now that Percy got an owl, he has Percy's old rat scabbers. Scabbers. I remember scabbers. <laughs> you do? Like, yeah, because I remember it, it like plays into Ron's character quite a bit. Because he's like, okay. it's not as, uh, I, it, it feels like it's not as bougie as like having an owl or not as um, mm. like Neville's got a toad, right? Like, yeah. I don't know you get you're yep, familiar yep. that you get is yep. a rat you know like i don't know i know it's like probably cheaper than an owl you know yeah that's what you're saying now i gotta i gotta say something and i might know okay okay doesn't scabbers turn out to be a human at some point scabbers turns out to be a human i thought there yeah i thought uh doesn't scabbers like turn into one of the professors or something at some point? <laughs> we'll find Interesting out. Interesting idea. We're we're gonna have to hold on to that. Okay. I just I feel like I remember <laughs> maybe I, I forever. I remember <laughs> maybe forever. Oh god. <laughs> I just feel like I remember from I like, like the idea that wires can cross. I think that's funny. Okay. I like that you've like seen I just feel like uh I remember Ron reacting to like scabbers not being his rat anymore or something. And he was like super bummed out. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I well, don't like that's that's all I got. I think he turns into well scabbers comes in handy here shortly because he fights back at the pale boy Drake. <laughs> they get snacks. Harry looks at his first um, magic photo of Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> Which is the first time that he's seen what Albus Dumbledore yeah. looks like. Because we got a description as the readers. Good point. I, yeah, I, I kind of made note of that because we got a solid yeah. description. Like I, I've been picturing him. I mean, I kind of know what he looks like from the movies too. But like, you know, as a reader, you know what he looks like. And Harry, <laughs> this is a really important figure in Harry's life up to this point. Mm-hmm. He like hadn't hadn't known who he was for quite a while and then didn't even know what he looked like yeah and he gets a little bio there's a lot of trading cards Mm -hmm. considered by many the greatest wizard of modern times Mm -hmm. dumbledore is particularly famous for his defeat of the dark wizard grindelwald in 1945 and for the discovery of 12 uses of dragon blood and for his work on alchemy with his partner nicholas flamel like a nobel prize professor dumbledore enjoys chamber music and 10 pin bowling <laughs> so he's got hobbies too he's not just a badass wizard he likes to likes a bowl and, and jam out you know he might go do those things right now as he has left the picture now because you can't expect him to hang around all day right and then harry's like oh in uh the muggle world people just stay put in photos <laughs> and then ron goes weird <laughs> but they eat snacks for a while Anything to say about the snacks? How about these uh, every flavor beans? <laughs> Isn't that uh, they they made a candy or something like that? The um... yeah, they just made every flavor beans. Yeah, like the jolly or they're jelly beans. Jelly beans. And, yeah. Well, yeah, they just they just had crazy flavors. 
Yeah, they were just not good. No, I think I they never were terrible. was brave enough to try one actually because everyone was like, "These are gross. Try one." And I was like, "No." Oh, I definitely tried them. <laughs> really? Yeah, they were pretty awful. Well, and and yeah, the so other so thing so. was you couldn't just like take a handful of them, you know, and shove them in because they all tasted no. terrible in their own way. Oh, so mixing a them would have been terrible. Oh, yeah, I feel like there were a few flavors that were pretty good. Like I think there was like a sour apple kind of one, and it was like you know you can't okay you can't stray yeah, too far you're right. from... i think there were like i probably made someone give me one of those like i might might have had like there was like a butter popcorn one. oh yeah yeah they're definitely you know and i think i might have tried like one like that but unless now we're just like talking about flavors of normal jelly beans oh boy that's a good point <laughs> I, I haven't had jelly beans in forever either so i don't know well not my thing not no. my thing so well, they seem to be having fun with their snacks. Um, Harry's just like, money, money, money. He's like doing the thing with the bills. Mm-hmm. Like, let, let it rain. And um, we get Neville back. And this is where he's looking for the toad again. <laughs> Unclear if this toad exists for real. Where is your toad, man? But then we get introduced to a new character. She's unnamed at this point. She's described as a bossy voice, lots of bushy brown hair, and rather large front teeth. Who's this? Who's this, Dave? uh i don't remember it's hermione is it yes she's like i'm hermione granger by the way and who are you and then they introduce themselves and he says i'm harry potter and she's are you really i know all about you read about him because i got yes modern magical history the rise and fall of the dark arts and great wizarding events of the 20th century (laughs) yeah what a nerd like i read about you yeah she's like not even starstruck she's more like oh yeah i know everything so hermione here gives us our first positive take on a new house ravenclaw she's like i've been asking around and i hope i'm in gryffindor it sounds by far the best but ravenclaw wouldn't be too bad so currently the rating would be like gryffindor ravenclaw hufflepuff slytherin as far as that like, seems to be what we're being sold quality yes. yeah <laughs> yeah so ron tries to show off by doing a spell and it does not work um but he does establish that his family is historically gryffindors he says his parents were in gryffindor family of alums yes yeah. <laughs> exactly he shares now what his older his eldest brothers do charlie is in romania studying dragons and Bill is in Africa doing something for Gringotts. Did you hear about Gringotts? They transition right into the thing you've been saying this whole time. Yep. That somebody tried to rob a high security vault. And he says they haven't been caught. It must have been a powerful dark wizard to get around Gringotts. But they don't think they took anything. And that's what's odd. Because everyone gets scared when something like this happens in case you know who is behind it. Mm-hmm. Harry was starting to get a prickle of fear every time you know who was mentioned. He supposed this was all part of entering the magical world, but had been a lot more comfortable saying Voldemort without worrying. It's getting a little real. Yeah, it's getting a little like we're actively worried about this. Yeah. Every time something, quote, like this happens, we get worried that he's back. Like I'm famous for him going away, but like we're still so on edge that he might return. Yeah. Let me talk about Quidditch. But they're interrupted by our new friends, the Pale Boy and Crab and Goyle. Yeah, I remember them too. From you the, do from, remember that. That's them. from that game. That's from the game. They were villains. Yep. As a pair, not Crab was a villain and Goyle was a villain. They were a pair of villains. <laughs> yeah. 
a dynamic duo. It can't be separated. And he says, I'm Draco Malfoy. And then Ron gave a slight cough. Yeah, Malfoy sucked. Boo. <laughs> so wait, is this, this is all their first years though at Hogwarts, right? Yes. How does, is it like the kind of the family name thing? Like you said, I think the parents kind of knew each other. Yeah, so the, they so know each other exists. So the Weasleys knew the Malfoys and the Malfoys knew the Weasleys. Or at least know of each yeah. other because they're some of the old wizarding families, gotcha. you know. So, so yeah, I mean, even if this was the first time that Malfoy and Ron met, they kind of know, they kind of know what to think of each other. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Now we know that Ron has no such bias against people who are from Muggle families, but Draco has established that he really feels strongly that they shouldn't be there. Shouldn't even be allowed to be educated. Yeah. And then he comes at the Weasleys for their red hair and freckles and having more children than they can afford. Rude. Which is a low blow. Yep. And then judgy. this is where Harry sticks up for himself. Super judgy. Um, and then they get into kind of a fight. I forgot that Ron's kind of like, say that again. And he's like, oh, you're going to fight? This is where uh, Scabbers <laughs> up and bites Goyle and sticks up for his guys and immediately falls asleep again. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got your back, but also... I'm a I'm rat. rat. <laughs> I'm asleep. Or maybe I'm going to turn into a person. Maybe. Any chapter now. Or any book. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so vague. We get a little bit more Hermione. Um, Ron, they change their robes and Rods are a little too short, which is just a little like detail. They're all hand-me-downs. Hand-me-downs. They can't afford to keep buying new stuff. Yep. Um, Harry's stomach starts to lurch with nerves. Yeah. And then they get to take these little rowboats across the, the, the lake. Was that their first look at Hogwarts from the rowboats? Yes. Yes. That would be so pretty. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a nice thing to do for freshmen, you know? It's like orientation. Yes. Little... And Hagrid, being the groundskeeper he is, finds Neville's toad, <laughs> which I just wanted to point out because it gives me comfort to know that he was found. And that we can uh, move forward here. That would have been awfully embarrassing to show up with that. Yeah. Hagrid's got you. We get to go inside Hogwarts for the first time. We meet again, Professor McGonagall, 11 years later. Now greeting the very child she once dropped off at the door of his aunt and uncle's house. Or at least was there for. That's got to be pretty special for her. She doesn't show it though. She's very stern and she's just like, okay, we're going to sort you now. Once you get sorted, that's it. They're like your family and you got to do everything with them. So hopefully it works out. Well, it will. They get sorted by a, a magical hat. Yeah. She, and she briefly explains that like one house just like wins, I guess. The end of the year. Yeah. Well, they, they have like a, you know, it's a, it's a rivalry thing. Like you earn yeah. merit for doing good things yeah and you lose it for doing bad things throughout the year and yep. yep i imagine whoever has the most amount of points at the end wins house cup house cup i like this brief couple of pages where all the kids thought they were about to be tested i think that's funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then all these ghosts go flying by <laughs> yeah they they mentioned some like names of ghosts and and things I didn't know like how relevant these ghostly people are going to be because one of them was like, oh, I wish I could eat the food that you're eating. (laughs) Like, do I have to pay attention to this? (laughs) 
I didn't know. <laughs> and his name was something kind of ridiculous, like Sir Nicholas something. And I'm like, what? Okay, yeah. So you got the friar. He says, hope to see you in Hufflepuff. My old house, you know. So he's like the Hufflepuff guy. Yeah, Sir Nicholas was like sitting with the Gryffindors later. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that Harry thought he sees the sorting hat sitting on the chair and he's like, maybe they're going to pull a rabbit out. Yeah, it's magic, right? Oh, yeah. So we get some characteristics here. So Gryffindor, brave at heart, daring, nerve, and chivalry. Hufflepuff, just and loyal, patient and true, unafraid of toil. Ravenclaw, a ready mind, wit and learning. And then Slytherin, uh, cunning folk use any means to achieve their ends. And that's like the four things you can be. Yep. You got to be either brave, smart, loyal, or cunning. It's, that's, those are your options. <laughs> you knew where, where Harry was going to end up, though, did you? Yeah, I think so. I don't know why, but I thought, like, in my head, I thought he, like, went to some other house first and then, like, moved into Gryffindor. But hmm. I don't know why I thought that. Because I'm pretty sure he just goes into Gryffindor and then stays Gryffindor. Were you surprised that he was almost placed in Slytherin? Because he said in like he in his thoughts, he was like, please don't be Slytherin. Yeah, the hat's like, oh, it's this one's a difficult one. He says, you have a nice thirst to prove yourself. And that's interesting. He says, oh, so much talent. And then Harry says, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. Yeah are you sure you could be great? You know, it's all here in your head and Slytherin will help you on your way to greatness. No doubt about that. And then he says, well, if you're sure we'll do Gryffindor. And he shouts it. It's like a good and evil thing. Mm. That's uh, you know, it's not straying too far from my ultimate theory here. <laughs> about like you know that if, if it could go either way and he's making like an active decision to not like that's uh says a lot so yeah, am i surprised it's... am i su- like I, I guess i would say i'm not surprised that he could have almost gone slytherin based on my based on my yeah. theory right yeah well, he was very relieved to be put in Gryffindor, and all of his friends were there already. Yeah, so. it was it was a party already. I mean, he's in the P's, so if they're going alphabetical, he's he's pretty far down there. Um, we get a couple glimpses. We got professors. We we now notice that Albus is sitting in a large gold chair. We've got other professors. Albus is again. stoked when they finish up too. Yeah, they made, it, they made it a point to be like he loves this time of year. Yeah, yeah, this is his favorite thing. Yeah, beaming at the students, his arms open wide as if nothing could have pleased him more than to see them all there. And he says, I would like to say a few words, and here they are nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. And then he sits down and says, Thank you. He really meant he was just going to say a few words. <laughs> That's all, you know. So, I, I, I was wondering if that was like an anagram. But I don't think it like oh. it doesn't spell anything. N B O T. Yeah, N B O T. Nibat. Yeah, because I was like, why would, <laughs> why would a great wizard stand up and then just like say nonsense words? But I know Percy was kind of worried about him too. He's like, he's or no Harry. Harry was yeah, Harry about. said, he's is like, he mad? Is he okay? Is crazy. 
Um, I enjoy the detail that the ceiling in the Great Hall is bewitched to look like the sky. I think that's a funny alternative to glass. Couldn't help but think that today. I suppose it could have just been glass. Just a glass ceiling and bewitch it to have heat. Um, Sir Nicholas de Mimsy Poppington says, I haven't eaten for nearly 500 years. (laughs) I don't need to, of course, but one does miss it. I don't think I've introduced myself. And he, he says, the resident ghost of Gryffindor. Oh, yeah. He says, no, you're nearly headless Nick. And, <laughs> and then they debate how someone can be nearly headless. And yes, his head. Fine, I'll show you. Flipped his head back onto his neck and coughed. <laughs> then he, oh, yeah. Okay. So then he points out the Bloody Baron is another ghost, seems to be associated with Slytherin. And the Slytherins have won the House Cup six years in a row. Oh, really? So they got kind of like a dynasty situation. A bit of, uh, yeah the new england patriots situation here somebody's got to knock them down so true knock them down off their pedestal or just release the leading quarterback of all time to (laughs) gryffindor and let him lead them to greatness six years who's who's a student that's like in their super super senior year at slytherin yeah who's been carrying the team he needs to retire (laughs) and then they question how the bloody how did he get covered in blood? And then nearly headless Nick, who's been with him for 500 years-ish, is like, I've never asked. Really? Like, you're just ghosts hanging out every day for eternity. And you, <laughs> is it eternity? I mean, I guess probably because they're ghosts. But what, like, That's a good question, if though. If, they're, if they exist for eternity, why are they still chilling at Hogwarts? Right, like, see some sights, you know? We we learn we meet Seamus. <laughs> Seamus is a very Irish name. Well, he says me dad's a muggle. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another character. So we get a lot of people here. Neville says, he, "Well, he was brought up by his grandma and his uncle. His great uncle tried to like shock him into doing magic by accident because they weren't sure if he was magic as a baby. <laughs> tried to like get, just get it out of him. Yeah, he said." When I was eight, great uncle Algie came around for dinner and he was hanging me out of an upstairs window by the ankles. when My great auntie offered him a merengue and he accidentally let go, but I bounced all the way down the garden into the road. They were all really pleased. Grant was crying and was so happy. You should have seen their faces when I got in there. They thought I might not be magic enough to come. You see, great uncle Algie was so pleased. He bought me my toad. And that's the story of how Neville got his toad. (laughs) Okay, so this is where we get towards the end of the chapter here, and we get a moment. Do you know what moment I'm talking about? Um, Where Dumbledore says you guys are not allowed. That moment? That's That's a good moment, actually. That's important to talk about, too. First, what happens is Harry experiences a pain in his scar. Oh, this moment. It's never happened to him before. Happened very suddenly. Let me give you the paragraph before, too. Harry, who was starting to feel warm and sleepy, looked up at the high table again. Hagrid was drinking deeply from his goblet. Professor McGonagall was talking to Professor Dumbledore. Professor Quirrell, in his absurd turban, was talking to a teacher with greasy black hair, a hooked nose, and sallow skin. This is, is that Snape? It hasn't been announced yet, but yes. Okay, okay. (laughs) 
Uh, it happened very suddenly. The nosed teacher looked past Quirrell's turban straight into Harry's eyes, and a sharp, hot pain shot across the scar on Harry's forehead. The eye contact from this unnamed professor made his scar hurt. <clears throat> That's sketchy. I do feel like I remember thinking that Snape's an evil, like an evil kind of guy. And this would be... Well, he's not described generously. Yeah. And this is the, this is our first introduction to this character of Snape. I know his yes. name, but... He had previously observed that this person exists. Like, when he was observing the teachers, yeah. he was like, oh, yeah, I know Quirrell from the Leaky <laughs> Cauldron. That's McGonagall. She let us in. Dumbledore from the card. Like, he was kind of, like, mapping these people. Um, but this is when it all happened, when it happened very suddenly, when he had the pain. Wow. And then it went away. The pain had gone as quickly was as it Was it when come. the eye contact broke? I don't remember. He said the pain had gone as quickly as it had come. Harder to shake off was the feeling Harry had gotten from the teacher's look. A feeling that he didn't like Harry at all. And then he asked, who's that teacher talking to Professor Quirrell? And he said, oh, you know Quirrell already? No wonder he's looking so nervous. That's Professor Snape. He teaches potions, but he doesn't want to. Everyone knows he's after Quirrell's job. He knows an awful lot about the dark arts, Snape. Mm. Harry watched Snape for a while, but Snape didn't look at him again. At last, the desserts disappeared and Professor Dumbledore got to his feet again. This is where he says the thing that you were talking about. He says, the forest on the grounds is forbidden. Quidditch trials will start in the second week of school. (laughs) And the third floor corridor on the right-hand side is out of bounds to everyone who does not wish to die a very painful death. Yeah, and then the students were like, yo, he usually tells us why. Yeah. And all he said was, you'll die a painful death. Haha, <laughs> are you being funny? <laughs> <laughs> then they sing a song. Especially, this is night one. They just got I know, there. We have so much. So, like, yeah, if we back up, man. if we back up a few hours, <laughs> Harry's like being ignored by his family or whatever you want to call him. It's dropped off at a train station. Yeah. And now he's like yeah. eating feasting at dinner in this magic world and now he's like hey don't go over here you'll die and my scar hurts yeah it's a little like pretty it's a pretty big life change you've never been around this much magic and then the magic starts to feel kind of sketch scar is hurting and you're being threatened with death it's a lot it would be a lot so that seems to be what happened and then they get to go with the gryffindors following percy the prefect out of the great hall he led them through doorways hidden behind sliding panels and hanging tapestries they climbed more staircases etc the pictures i think he said they were like moving around on the walls and stuff mm-hmm. i know what, a, there's still, what an there's still ghosts around oh we get another ghost we get peeves uh poltergeist Ooh. Peeves is being silly they start to be like if you're not nicer to us we're gonna tell the bloody baron who seems to be the only one who can control him. He won't even listen to us prefects. And then they give the password to a live portrait of a fat woman in a pink silk dress. And then she opens up the hole and they enter the Gryffindor common room, a cozy round room full of squishy armchairs. It's like a, yeah, it's kind of like a dorm. 
His room had five four-poster beds, deep red velvet curtains, and their trunks were already there. Now, listen, as an adult now, <laughs> if you're going to already bring my luggage to my room bef- when I'm already sleepy and full, like, Sign me up. that's a gift. Um, and then he fell into bed. Perhaps Harry had eaten a bit too much because he had a very strange dream. He was wearing Professor Quirrell's turban, which kept talking to him, telling him he must transfer to Slytherin at once because it was his destiny. Harry told the turban he didn't want to be in Slytherin. It got heavier and heavier. He tried to pull it off, but it tightened painfully, and there was Malfoy laughing at him as he struggled with it. Then Malfoy turned into the hooked-nosed teacher, Snape, whose laugh became high and cold. There was a burst of green light, and Harry woke sweating and shaking. He rolled over and fell asleep again, and when he woke the next day, he didn't remember the dream at all. Interesting that they put that in the reader's head, but they don't let Harry remember it. Mm. I feel Mm -hmm. like that's a lot. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's a lot of information. Well, first off, it adds some significance to the turban. Unlike Coral's head. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, here we go again with you know, Harry making a decision to like not be evil, I guess, you know, like, like when he told the turban, he didn't, yeah, he's like, I don't want to transfer. Like I I, I'm good where I'm at, you know, like an intercollegiate transfer. Yeah. Yeah. I like my team. Um, and then I, I think the significance, I think there's significance in the green flash of light because I believe that's the color of the spell um, that Voldemort had used to kill his parents. Right. So, I mean, he, he so <laughs> we, we could recap that one more time. So he tells the turban that he doesn't want to switch sides. He doesn't want to be a yeah. bad guy anymore. There's, uh-huh. there's a green flash and then he wakes up in a sweat. Mm-hmm. Man, like that's that's like that's like to me what that says is Voldemort killed him or t- attempted to kill him because he didn't want to be, be a bad guy. Mm, but he woke up. He woke up and it's a dream but he also didn't remember the dream at all. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know, dreams generally have a significance of like things that are going on or have happened in your life and stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So maybe he like subconsciously still kind of remembers being zapped by <laughs> Voldemort or something. But like, I mean, there's a lot of information there and he's talking to a turban oh. and then the turban tightens, right? That's another piece mm-hmm. of that. Yep. Which feels heavier. He really wanted to know what was going on with that turban, mm-hmm. but he can't. Mm-hmm. And when he tries, he, he gets further from it, if you will, by like the turban tightens. So it's like maybe mm-hmm. when you're, tr- you're trying to figure out what's going on and now you're getting further from it. I don't mm-hmm. know man doesn't it make you want to read more it sure does like i feel like the first few 
times we got to talk about the book, it's like just world building. And now it's like, now we're here. What's a little frustrating is this is book number one and there's seven (laughs) of them. And I'm like, really, do I have to get through all of these? I hope and this this might be completely irrational. I hope that I figure some of this stuff out as we go. Mm. You know? I mean... Don't say, you don't have to say anything. I'm just... Okay. I just, for my sanity, like... I, yeah, I don't know. I hope, I hope there's bits and pieces along the way that I'm like, oh, okay. Like, problem solved. Like, we solved that problem, but we still have this other overarching problem, you know? Mm-hmm. that's what i hope well we're almost halfway done with the book wow we're at 40 41 percent of the book done that means if we keep up the consistency we can actually get through this i know quick. you can get some answers at least for this book yeah this is yeah. this is one of the shortest ones though too right yes it's like, i think it is the shortest isn't there one of them that's like literally three times longer than this one yes yeah it's good though. It's a trip. I'm not too worried about it. The the commitment to yeah. like how many chapters we've been reading is so like it's you can do that. Um, when I look at the chapters, yeah. When I look at the chapters, I think three is very safe again. Okay. Like, I think three is a good good chunk of stuff. Let's do three then. It's been a great Weasley's Wizarding Twin Cast with David. Yes, it has. And yeah. Let me know when you're done reading and you want to go at this again. I will do that. Thanks. Hey, right, bro. Love you. Love you. Miss yep. you. See ya. Bye.